all you new folks, all you home folks, all you online. We welcome you. We're honored that you're joining us and we bless you. And I read something that was so interesting. It said, on Easter morning, that Sunday morning, every demon in hell said, He's up! <laughs> oh, my. Well, there's, for us, there's no special day more than this day. What a moment we have to lift our voices, not only to the Jesus that rose out of the tomb, but how many knows we're looking for that same Jesus. Come on. We're looking for that same Jesus to come again. But in this room right now today, can we just offer up our hearts, our praise, and give glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords who has conquered, who has conquered death, hell, and the grave, and how many is glad that he's got the keys now? He's got the keys. But don't forget, he told his apostle Peter, I'm going to give those keys to you guys a little bit later. So we have the keys now to the kingdom of God. Come on, let's lift our voice together. Father, we exalt your name in this place today. We give glory, we give honor. We thank you today that out of that tomb, out of that place of captivity, you brought forth your son and you declared this day, this day, thou art my son whom I've begotten, the only begotten of the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we lean into that right now. We invite you, Holy Spirit, in this place. Fill this room from corner to corner, from the ceiling to the floor. Come on. We lift up your name, Jesus, and we declare that you are our king, our conqueror, our soon coming Lord. Yes, everybody. Yes, Lord. Come on, let's worship. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Oh, I see. 
Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you just lift your hands from side to side and front to back and say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you for every drop that was shed. was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. Sin separated. The breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your sight. So you made a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owe, broke my chains, freed my soul for the first time I
church. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes us white. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, press in for a moment. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, we're after your heart, Lord. We're after your heart, Lord. We only want you, Jesus. We only want you, Jesus. Nothing else can fill me, Lord. Oh, nothing can satisfy but Jesus.
one more time. I feel Jesus in this place. I feel Jesus. You
They search through heaven and found my Savior. And he saved a poor lost soul just like me.
Amen. Happy Easter, church. Happy Easter, church. It's good to be here on Easter Sunday. Uh, man, I would tell you something about if nobody's told you and something about love, but if I did it on Easter, I'm afraid that I wouldn't see the next week. <laughs> uh, but I, I love being here on Easter, and I love seeing, you see around this time, you see little ki- clips of, of kids, and they'll ask them about Easter and what is, what is Easter about to them, and, and, and invariably, you'll, you'll, you'll hear one kid say, and they'll say, you know, it's the only time my dad goes to church or that and Christmas. And so uh, if you're joining us today and this is one of your two times a year to come to church, then welcome and welcome online. And I hope that you'll find, you'll find a home here. Amen. Uh, we're, we're allowed church, uh, but I, I heard a pastor talking about, and he was talking about Azusa Street. And he said when Azusa Street first started, they would get noise complaints. And so they would have to shuffle from house to house to, to stay ahead of the noise complaints. And so we come from a good heritage of loud, but uh, when the Holy Ghost starts moving, I, 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 I just, I can't be quiet. I can't be silent. The Holy Ghost wells up in you, and you just got to lift your hands and, and, and begin to begin to praise God for what he's done. You know, I think of what, what we have left behind on that cross, what we have left behind in that tomb, and what Jesus has done for us. And I tell you, I just can't, I can't be quiet about it. I can't be silent about it. Wells up in me. Uh, but I just want to say, too, that if you are joining us for the first time or, or you know, maybe it's, it's, it's been a while, I had a scripture come to mind, and it's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, and it says, now that we know... Now that we know what we have, Jesus, the great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he's ready to give take the mercy, accept the help. And God is extending it today. And so I hope that you will see that picture through the resurrection uh, of Christ, of what he has done for you today, and know that this can be a fresh start for you. If you want to stand to your feet, we'll, uh, we'll say our offering declaration together. Because I'm a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and over taking me because God loves to see me prosper. I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Oh, two people. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Has anybody told you they love you yet today? They better not have. 
<laughs> no, I, if no one's told you that they love you today, I love you so much. And it is just an honor to be able to worship with you today uh, and just feel the presence of our Father enjoying his family today. Aren't you glad to be a part of the family? I think I told you this one time, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, my grandfather had 14 children. And uh, my grandfather had this genetically, this big head, just a big old beautiful head. And it was full of black hair. I believe his hair was still black when he passed away and he was almost 90 years old. But he, he had such a big head that when, seriously, that when he, back in those days, you know, they drove with gloves on their hands and he always wore his hat. He, everywhere he went, he wore his hat. And so he couldn't go in a store and buy a hat. He had to have it special made because he had a big old head, this big old beautiful head. Well, unfortunately, he passed that big old beautiful head down to all 14 of his kids. And it was easy to see in the room at Christmas time and Thanksgiving who was the, the, his child and who was the in-laws because we all had this big old head, see, because they looked like their father. Everybody that was his child favored their father. And you know what? It doesn't matter where you came from today, what walk of life that you're journeying, you look like your father to me. And it is an honor to feast at the table of our father today. Can you get excited about that? Speaking of feasting, we have a fast coming up Wednesday. So eat up. The fast is on the way. If you've never fasted uh, before, ask the Lord to help you and to give you grace to fast. Because it's very important to your walk with the Lord that you be able to fast and push back from the table. Because it will make your prayer life so powerful. The Bible says that when Jesus Christ came out of the wilderness and he had fasted 40 days. Look, we're only going to fast three, okay? But the Bible says that Jesus Christ came out of the wilderness with the power of the Holy Ghost. So, we're going to fast Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week. Is that the 12th through the 14th? I don't have my glasses on. I don't even know if that's right side up or upside down. The 12th through the 14th, we're going to fast. But then Friday night, the 14th, is Holy Ghost night. So we're going to pray at the warehouse Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, do we have a time for that? Five. The, the doors are open at five, five till seven. So just come. You don't have to stay two hours. Just come and pray with your church family as long as you can. Then go home to your family or whatever. But on Friday night, if you need a miracle from the Lord, or if you need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I feel this strongly. If you have an addiction in your life, it doesn't matter if it's over-the-counter stuff. Any addiction that you have, if you want that thing broken, come this coming Friday night to Holy Ghost night, and God is going to break strongholds in some folks' lives. Let me tell you something. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. If you have a broken heart, 
If you have a broken heart, the Lord wants you, wants you to be healed of that broken heart. Come Friday night, Holy Ghost night, and let us lay hands on you. It's going to be a powerful service. See, we'll be prayed up and fasted up, and we're going to set the devil on a run, okay? So you believe that? So, okay. So I'm, I'm not through with my announcements, but I didn't find out where you're from. And I met some wonderful people from New York, and, and I believe it's Long Island, New York. Is that right? Would you stand and let us welcome Long Island, New York? Stand up and let us welcome you. So glad to have you. God bless you. I met some more folks from Rocky Top, Tennessee. I believe they wrote a song about you. Stand up and let us welcome Rocky Top, Tennessee. Isn't that a great family? Amen. God bless you. We're glad to have you. Do we have any others from out of state here today? Yes, ma'am. Portland, Oregon. Welcome. We're glad to have you. God bless you. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. And so behind you, yes? Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're so happy to have you. God bless you, Milwaukee. Anybody else? Yes. Mackinac, Illinois. Welcome to Nashville, Mackinac, Illinois. We're so honored to have you, sir. Ma'am, God bless you. Anybody else? Yes, right on the front. Indianapolis. Stand up, Indianapolis. Let us welcome you. So glad you're here. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Where? All right. Well, yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Indiana. God bless you, ma'am. Maryland. Did you say Paradise, California? Well, welcome to Nashville. We're just so honored to have all of our visitors here. Uh, do we have any visitors? If you're a visitor, I'm not going to make you stand. Just raise your hand and let us welcome you. Just raise your hand. If you're a visitor today at Regeneration Nashville, we're so glad to have you. Amen. Amen. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Okay, so I want to remind you that on the 16th of April, so that is next Sunday, a week from today, we will have groundbreaking at the new building at 407, sorry, 709. Don't go to 407, ain't nothing there. <laughs> 709 Rivergate Parkway. And so we're going to go straight after church, okay? So if you want a caravan, I know a lot of you came from, from a long distance all around the Nashville area. So you'll already be in the area. And so after church, next Sunday, we're just going to kind of caravan over there. And uh, Pastor Kent is going to just um, give us a little, uh, a little talk. And then we're going to have something like a fire tunnel. And as you walk into the sanctuary, we're just going to lay hands on you. And we're just going to inaugurate that building with the presence and the power of God next Sunday. So I'm looking forward to you being there, and we're going to have cake and refreshments afterwards, of course. So I can't wait for you to be there. Okay, April the 18th is Serve Day with the Bridge Ministry, and I hear so many people telling me, where can I serve? And so uh, I want you to go to our website, regenerationnashville.org, and sign up to serve. And we're going to serve the homeless here in the city of Nashville. And I'm just going to tell you, 
you're, that's my heart. Uh, aside from God and family, the homeless, that's what gets me up in the morning. I love it. And so I feel honored that you would come and serve with us uh, at the Bridge Ministry. And so if you want to check us out, look at Regeneration. Uh, sorry, you can go to bridgeministry.org. But to sign up, it's Regeneration Nashville. So I got one more thing. Actually, I got a bunch of stuff, but I have one more thing I'm going to tell you. Um, May the 12th, Flashpoint will be in this building. Flashpoint. And Pastor Kent will be here uh, on the Flashpoint set. And so the tickets are free. But I think that you need to sign up at fplive.govictory.com. I hope you can remember that. Run the tape back, okay? Here we go again. fplive.govictory.com, okay? So I, I think it's going to be wonderful, and so it'll be just a fantastic time. You don't want to miss that. So come and, and be a part of Flashpoint. Wouldn't that be great? I think Brother Hank Kuhneman's going to be here, and I don't know, a lot of, lot of wonderful friends, so you don't want to miss that. So, okay. Now I want to introduce to you our musical guests for today. We love this family. They are part of the Regeneration Nashville family. They are members of this church. But they're also adopted members of Pastor Kent and my family. We love this family very much. They take gospel music to... Uh, country music genres. Right now, they're opening uh, on tour with Reba McIntyre, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to an untouched world. Give it up for the Isaacs. That's good. Thank you. Well, happy Easter. It's good to be home. We miss you guys. We've been so gone and uh, we're thrilled to be able to celebrate our lord's resurrection here with you all today we love the christmas family and we're delighted to be thank you for having us been doing this one a long time Ready?
When Mary told Peter that Jesus was gone, he ran to the garden and John came along. But the tomb it was empty, what marvelous grace for them. had risen, the stone rolled away. Amen. Are you glad to see Becky up here tonight, today? <laughs> Thank you for all the prayers. Becky, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's working. Thank you for all the prayers. God's been good to us. I'm so humbled when I think how unworthy that I am, that Jesus would leave heaven to come down here and suffer and to die for you and me. We're going to sing you a song about a character named Barabbas. But while we sing this song, I want you to picture yourself as I picture myself in his place.
I can think of a lot of groups that need to open for the Isaacs. Amen. I do believe the days are coming to an end where we are taking second place. Hallelujah. And seeing what God is doing is an amazing thing. Um, it's great to have Dwayne and Francie Chapman with us, a.k.a. Dog and Dogette. Amen. Why don't you stand? Amen. Both of you stand up. We're glad to have you. Amen. Um, I love, I love them both. It's always such a surprise to see how God will put people in your lives that you didn't see coming. Uh, but I'm glad for that. And uh, there's no telling what God's going to do before He's done. I was telling my wife. I said, you know. Uh, we were gone this week, and um, where we were, there's a, a real darkness. And uh, I met some people that, um, one is he was transgendering to a woman. Another one uh, helped us in the airport. And a, a young man dressed as a woman. Some of the most kind, nice people. And it it broke my heart, broke my wife's heart, because you could feel them searching. And I thought, God, how has the church failed a generation that has become so confused? You know, we have a tendency as a church to point fingers at the world for the mess that it's in when we really need to be pointing fingers back at the church because it doesn't say the world is the light of the world or the sinner's the light of the world. It says, ye are the light of the world. And I thought, there has to be something that God does that gets the attention of this generation. And I don't know, maybe it's these people that God's beginning to save that this generation has been exposed to, whether it's a Jim Carrey or just listen to Hulk Hogan talk about his conversion to the Lord Jesus Christ and Justin Beavers. And there's another uh, lady that ha used to be soft porn and had her own site that has given her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's amazing to see what God is doing. And 
I thought maybe it's going to take those people to become the voice if that, if that generation won't listen to us. Maybe God will raise up voices that will stand, hallelujah, and declare the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I believe that we're going to see some amazing things. You're going to be surprised by the time God gets done with how many people are saved and in the house of God that were voices for the enemy. So today, obviously, is Easter, um, and the Lord began to just really begin to speak something in my heart. Uh, I want us to go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and uh, we're going to start in chapter... And I want to read uh, verse 16 and 17, and then we'll, we'll go to another verse. Genesis 2 and 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, Thou shalt surely die. Verse 6 of chapter 3, And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, it was a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and she did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Um, before man ever sinned, God had already created the solution. Revelations chapter 13, I believe, he says this, he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And I want to give you the definition of the word from. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. This is what the word from means. It's a separation of one thing from another by which the union or fellowship of two is destroyed. So, before the union... And the fellowship between man and God was ever destroyed by sin. The Bible said that Christ had already been slain. So God, with his foreknowledge, before sin ever happened, and relationship between him and his creation was ever separated by sin, God had already fixed it. You can't surprise God. This is why God's not worried right now. He wasn't surprised in 2020. He won't be surprised in 2024. Why? Because before the enemy can ever create the problem, God will always create the solution. 
So in the heavenlies, the solution for whatever we are encountering is already been released by God in the atmosphere. Now the Bible doesn't say he was resurrected from the foundation of the world. It says he was slain from the foundation of the world. So you and I are booked in between Calvary and resurrection. God has provision on both ends because Calvary would not be worth anything if resurrection did not come after it because a dead Jesus could have never in 24 hours went up into heaven and put the blood on the mercy seat in the true tabernacle if he did not come out of the tomb. So when God made Adam, he made him to live forever. And yet we know that eternal life had not been released. It's just that the reason Adam would live forever, it was because there was no sin. And Paul said this, when lust is conceived, it delivers or it brings forth a baby called sin. And when sin is finished or it reaches matriation, it brings forth death. See, you can't, too many believers or too many human beings want to operate in lust and not bring forth a baby. You can't sin without conceiving a baby in the spirit realm. And once that baby is born, it will never turn into anything but death. And so it marches on. And so Adam, if he would have never sinned, he would have never died. Because the only way death could have come into the equation, death didn't exist the only way death could have came into that equation in the garden is there would have had to have been sin. And if there was no sin, there is no death. And if there is no death, then Adam lives forever. And yet God knew that Adam would sin. Or else he would have never been slain before Adam sinned. And so God made, hallelujah, the solution. So when the Lord looks down in 2023 on the earth, he already knows what's going to happen because he knows the end from the beginning. This is why you and I, to live triumphantly, must pray. God, fill me with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that I might know what is the exceeding greatness of your power and the hope of glory and the riches of the inheritance that is in the saints because when you step over to the spirit realm you shift from the natural vision into the vision of Jesus and you begin to see what Jesus sees you begin to process it by your spirit man that has been born in eternal life this is why you need to pray, you need to fast, because the weaker you can make your flesh man the more your spirit man comes alive 
And so it's not until Adam and Eve eat of that fruit that the Bible says that their eyes were open. They died. Now, it took Adam, I don't know how old he was when he ate of this fruit. We know he lived to be 930 years old. But the moment he ate that fruit, he died. Not naturally. His spirit man died. Because he was created as a, a living soul that had no sin. The Bible says that Jesus, in order to rectify this problem, was not created a living soul, but he was created in a live spirit. So he is an alive spirit living in a natural body. That's why he could do what he did. Adam was not an alive spirit. He was a living soul without sin. And when he fell into that, he died. So that moment, the Bible says, I think it's in Romans, Paul writes this. He says, from Adam to Moses, death reigned. It was king. If you reign, then you are a king. And if you are a king, then you have authority and you are able to dominate what you are over. The moment that Adam sinned, death came onto the scene, walked into the earth, and the Bible says that death began to rule in the atmosphere. It didn't just touch men. It touched the animals. It touched plants. There was no fall before man fell. Leaves didn't turn brown and fall to the ground and die. There weren't seasons where bushes shrivel up. There weren't times where the fruit began to rot and fall on the ground. There was no garbage. Everything lived forever. And yet when sin touched the creation of God, everything went into the reverse and death begins to rule. It rules in man's body now and in his soul realm. And there had been so much God in Adam. And in his DNA. That it took 930 years for death to kill him. And his generations after him. The same thing began to happen, and it, as time went on, death began to reign more until in Psalms he says man's days are 70 years, and if he has but extra strength, it's 80. That's what you and I should not die. We shouldn't be old at 70. I shouldn't have white hair. I'm 68. I shouldn't have white hair. I shouldn't have wrinkles and, and uh, age spots and, and all of that stuff and aching joints. That's because in my natural body, death reigns. But he doesn't reign in your mind's new man. Hallelujah. 
doesn't reign. Hallelujah. My spirit man doesn't have aching joints. If you could see me in the spirit, I got dark hair. Hallelujah. I'm six foot two. I'm ripped. Hallelujah. I can leap through a wall, leap through a troop. Hallelujah. I can do all kinds of things in the Holy Ghost. But we are in, in housed in this natural body. But the Bible said our natural man is travailing and groaning for the day that God redeems us from this world, from this body. And one day you and I are going to step out of flesh and we're going to step over into an eternal body filled with the power of God and hell will have no authority over us. And so down through time <clears throat> sin or death reigns from, from Adam to Moses. What happened in Moses' time that dethroned death? It was the insertion of the type and the shadow of the lamb slain before the foundation of the world and God encapsulized it and he called it the law and he gave it on Mount Sinai. Now everything in this, everything is tied to three. Three is the divine number where God creates life. You ever wonder why Jesus wasn't raised after 24 hours? Why wasn't he raised the the second day, or maybe why, why didn't he stay in the tomb four days? Because God chose the third day to deal with life and covenant with men. When you go back to the first third day, it is when God separates, hallelujah, the earth, and he causes plant vegetation to begin to come up out of the earth. On the third day is when the life of plants and trees came up. The second third day is when God made covenant and he created you and I. He created Adam and Eve on the sixth day, which was the second third day. He did it when, Mo, or when Abraham was going upside the mountain. The Bible said on the third day, which he saw, hallelujah, the, the, the ram in the thicket. And Isaac was a type of Christ. And Abraham was a type of the father. And there was redemption in that part right there. So God is always tied to the third day. That's why Jesus had to come up out of the grave on the third day. 21 times in the New Testament, Jesus makes reference to the third day. He was hammering it home to his disciples. On the third day, I'm coming up, I'm coming up, I'm coming up. And yet, even in all of that, from Christ to the end of time is three days. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. The first four thousand years was where death reigned, from Adam to Moses. And then, hallelujah, on the fifth day, 
or for us, the day five, day six, and the day seven, which is a millennial reign, those three days, those 3,000 years is where God loosed eternal life. And it started in the upper room. And the Holy Ghost fell. And so God is tied to everything. And so we are getting ready to step over into the third day. Into the millennial reign. God is getting ready to do some amazing things. He is preparing the church. And the Lord, and I was just reading this week, and the Lord says of the catching away of the church, he said, you got to be ready. He said, because uh, a lot of the signs that he talks about are not talking about the rapture of the church. He's talking about the, the, the Jacob's sorrows and troubles and tribulation. But he said of the catching of the way, no man knows. It's going to be as it was in the days of Noah. So shall I be in the son of man. We're going to be going to work. We're going to be going on vacation. We're going to be having a good time. Babies are going to be born. He said, watch for you. Do not do not know when he's coming back. He could interrupt this Easter service right now. Say, it's over. And one moment we're singing and our God is an awesome God and the next moment we lift up off of the ground and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Don't ever think you've got God in a box telling him when you can come. He can come whenever he wants. And so we're in that 3,000 year period and from, from the resurrection of Christ to the end of the Feast of Tabernacles is eternal life. That's what God released. When Jesus rose from the dead, he did not just release natural life, he released eternal life. Not to our natural bodies. We confuse eternal life with not dying. But the Bible is very specific in declaring that it is appointed unto man once to die. Then after that, the judgment. So you have to forget about that. Listen, just because you died doesn't mean you lost. Really, Paul said to die is gain. If you are blood-bought, Holy Ghost filled, and cleansed from sin, one moment you're in this world, the next moment you're promoted, and you step over, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So you have from, from Jesus coming onto the earth all the way back to Adam, in fact, maybe I can read this verse to you. This is in Hebrews. Um, Hebrews chapter 11. This is a great verse. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse. Nobody could ever preach off my notes. I have a hard time preaching off my notes. <clears throat> These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, 
were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were just strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Daniel, Ezekiel, Noah, all of these Old Testament saints that were godly people. We know that they, were, that they loved God. And yet when they died, the Bible said they didn't go to heaven. They went to Sheol. Hell was departed, divided into two parts, Sheol and, and Hades. Go read the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Abraham says there's a great gulf fixed between us and we can't cross over. He said, in hell you are in torment, but Lazarus is in Abraham's bosom. He was in Sheol. He wasn't in torment, but he couldn't go to heaven. Why? Because he did not have eternal life. Because it had not yet been released. So the Bible said they all died in faith. Not receiving the promise. What was it? It was the promise of eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus in the physical did not yet exist. They only saw him by the spirit. So when Abraham was dying, he said, I see it. Hallelujah. I know that there's eternal life. I can feel it. I can sense it. But I can't get a hold of it. Why? Because there was no resurrection yet. And resurrection is the only thing that releases eternal life in the atmosphere. Aren't you glad you don't live in the Old Testament? Aren't you glad, hallelujah, when you die, you don't get separated? But you and I are not dying in faith, but we are living in the here and now that Jesus is alive and well in our midst. So you go back to three. You go back. There is a prophetic calendar. And I've preached on it before. Maybe I'll preach on it again here. The first prophetic feast, the seven feasts, is Passover. The second one is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But the third one is in the spring. And it is called the Feast of Weeks or the Waving of the Sheeps. It happens at the beginning of of harvest. The wheat and the barley harvest are just now the field. Hallelujah. It's beginning to be white. It's the very first reaping of what is coming up out of the ground. And what God told Moses, he said, you tell them that they don't get to eat of the very first harvest that comes out of the ground. But he said, you tell them to take that barley and that wheat and to wrap it up and put a, a cord around it and then to bring it out and to give it to the priest. But before they give it to the priest, they are to do this. They are to begin to wave it north, south, east, and west, just like this. And they are to declare we are saying that this is not the whole harvest, but this is just the first fruits of the harvest that's getting ready to come. 
When you do this, it was a type and a shadow of the cross. Hallelujah. Jesus said this, I am the first fruit of many brethren. And when Jesus was crucified, the Father began to wave the cross in front of mankind. And he was saying, I'm not just bringing me one boy back home, but I'm declaring that this is the first fruit of many brethren. This is the first fruit of many harvests. What was the cross? The cross was the resounding declaration that though I am dead, yet shall I live. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that there is a waving of the sheep in this hour. What did God do? He took the first fruits of sheep and he gave it to you and I because Peter says we are priests unto the most high God and the Lord gave you the Jesus Christ of glory and it declares this is just the beginning of what God is getting ready to release in the spirit by faith in this hour. The Lord dethroned death. Calvary defeated death. And resurrection is destroying death. The Bible says this, the last enemy that is going to be destroyed is death. God's going to kill death. Going to walk in one day and say, okay, old boy, going to give you a taste of your own medicine. And I can guarantee you he's going to be the biggest blubbering crybaby on his knees begging for mercy and forgiveness. Oh, God, please don't let me die. And God's going to say, sorry, you're the last enemy that I got. You showed up in the middle of my fellowship between me and my children, and you killed it. And he said, I am coming back today to get rid of you because never again is death going to step in between me and my kids and destroy fellowship. He said, I'm going to wipe you out and take you out. And then the Bible says that death is going to be destroyed, and the devil, hallelujah, is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. And from that moment, and on, you and I are going to step over into a place called eternal life because of resurrection. Jesus declared before he ever died, he said, I am resurrection and life. People say, well, there, there were other resurrections. No, there wasn't. When Jesus raised the 12-year-old back from the dead or the widow of Nain's son or Lazarus, or Lazarus, when he raised them back from the dead, they were raised and they were exactly the same as before they died. No change. They were the same person after they came back from the dead as they were before they died. Jesus said, I am resurrection, which means I ain't coming back out of the grave like I went in. 
I ain't Lazarus, the Lord said. Hallelujah. I am resurrection. And so, here you have. Jesus is now fulfilling in the natural what he did 4,000 years ago when he breathed onto Adam, hallelujah, his spirit. He breathed into him the ability to live forever in the presence of God. This is why when Christ, the Bible talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit being released in the upper room, it was a reenactment of what he did in the garden with Adam. Because the Bible said that before Adam was created, that there was chaos in the earth. Weird sounds, rocks breaking, darkness was upon the face of the deep. And in that setting of darkness and chaos, God breathes into Adam and he becomes a living soul. And he now has the potential to live forever in the presence of the Lord. Death steps in and messes everything up. So now Jesus comes back. Not just as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He never looked at them and said I'm the lamb at this point he said I'm resurrection in other words he said I need you to remember when you see me dying on the cross uh, that it's temporary that the man that you see die uh, is not the same man that's going to come out of the grave and when Jesus came out of the grave uh, he was changed and now he's the first fruit of many brethren he he is the creator So now he's going back to restore and to reenact what death had destroyed in the Garden of Eden. So he tells him, he said, go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with, clothed with power from on high. In that room, the Bible says, because preceding this, when Jesus died, you know what the Bible says? That for three hours, it got dark. God is recreating the same setting. That was when he, when he created Adam and life and eternal possibilities. And when death messed that up, he comes back and he creates the same thing. He puts darkness in the atmosphere. And the Bible says that when it got dark, that it looked like it was over and Jesus dies. Jesus never died. His physical body, that old temporal house that he was in, died. But you can't kill God Almighty. Hallelujah. He could kill. Listen, the devil could kill Adam's soul. 
But he couldn't kill his spirit. It took 930 years for him to die. The devil could kill the natural body of Jesus, but he could not kill the deity of Jesus. I got news for this world. You can rock all you want about how God doesn't exist, and Jesus is a myth, and he's just a prophet. But when it's all said and done and the dust settled, there will be one almighty God standing with all humanity praising his name. It won't be Buddha. Muhammad, Confucius, or anybody else, but every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that it's Jesus, 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 hallelujah, the Lord of glory. We might as well get warmed up today and just step into a little bit of that praise and declare, there is no rock like my rock. There is no God like my God. Let everything that have breath praise thee the Lord. And so now he is going back to the types and shadows. It gets dark. His physical body dies. And then the Bible said rocks begin to break. Chaos ensues. But see, that was just the natural man dying. But there is resurrection coming. What Jesus needed was somebody to let him out of his restricted body. So the devil had to do it. Because the devil's the one that put man in the restricted body. When he ate of that fruit, he had limitations. Before he ate of the fruit, there were no limitations. Every animal liked him. Hallelujah. There was equality. Think about it. There was equality between Adam and Eve. Before Eve sinned, her desire was not unto her husband. It was part of the curse that after she sinned, the Bible said, and your desire shall be unto your husband. And God had a beautiful equality there. And in the hour that Jesus, hallelujah, listen, it was, thank God for Calvary. Thank God for the blood, hallelujah, that was shed for you and I. But without resurrection, the blood doesn't matter because you have no access into the presence of the Lord. So Jesus, hallelujah, knowing that he has to get out of this natural restricted body as the last Adam, the Bible declares that when the enemy began to afflict him and destroy him, he didn't know it, but he was letting Jesus loose. He was letting him out of the curse of flesh because Jesus up in that point did not walk through a wall. He did not do some of the things that he did after resurrection. Listen, before resurrection, they tried to kill him. After resurrection, the devil knew, I can't touch resurrection life and never made one attempt on the life of Jesus. Can I tell you today, there is a 
divine protection that is settling down on the body of Christ in the earth in this hour. You cannot kill us. Can I tell you, the media can't shut me up, can't shut the church up. We're going to keep on preaching, prophesying, singing, and declaring. We will not be intimidated. You will not stick me back in the grave. You will not bury us again. But once you come out of the grave in resurrection life, it is forever in the presence of the Lord. So when the devil through death thought he was killing him, not understanding you can't kill God. What he was doing was he was releasing him. Death released Jesus. What happens then now is Jesus heads down into hell to meet those who had died in faith, not yet receiving the promise. So here comes Jesus, walks into hell, looks at all of these Old Testament saints, and he said, I know that you saw it from a distance, but guys, it's here. And he said, in about 24 hours, hallelujah, I'm going to release you from here. Because eternal life is getting ready to be released in the earth. He said, right now, I'm in the grave up there. Right now, they think it's all over. But I want to tell you, on the third day, I'm coming back up out. But I had to come down and tell you, hallelujah, that get ready because no longer are you going to have to do it by faith, but you're getting ready to see it with your eyes. And the Bible said that when Jesus came out in resurrection, that the graves opened. What happened? Old Testament saint who had died in faith, not yet receiving the promise, all of a sudden are receiving the promise. They come up out of hell. Good Goodbye, Hades. Uh, goodbye, Sheol. Uh, and they begin to come up out. Then they're on the earth. They're in Jerusalem walking around. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the Lord says, okay, guys, uh, let's go home. Uh, and resurrection life uh, hit them. And they begin to walk up into glory. And so shall they ever be with the Lord. Now, Jesus, through resurrection power, is now having to go back and restore what was started in the Garden of Eden where fellowship between him and man had been broken. And when he comes up out of the grave on that Saturday morning about 6 o'clock in the morning when he come up out of the grave and he's no longer a natural man and deity inside of that but he is resurrection life he has a resurrected body he can walk through walls he can do whatever he wants it's the body that he will forever be in heaven with when you and I walk into glory we're going to see that same body that Philip put his hands in and Thomas and touched the nail scarred and when Jesus creates that atmosphere He said, guys, go to Jerusalem. 
Hang out there. Because the waving of the sheeps ties to Pentecost. You know, I heard somebody teach recently, and they said, you know, I used to be afraid of the word Pentecost because it was too closely associated with the word Pentecostal. And I'm thinking, well, where do you think Pentecostal word came from? <laughs> Said because, you know, we, Pentecostal makes us nervous because it, it means that we do some things that a lot of us are not comfortable with. And I'm thinking, you need to go back and read what happened on the day of Pentecost. Because <laughs> they weren't seeker friendly. They weren't all sitting there with a notebook taking notes on nine points on how to be a strong Christian. The Bible said they were so drunk in the spirit that the unbelievers said, these men are drunk. And Peter said, no, they're not. This is but the nine o'clock in the morning. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Can I tell you that God will never come back to the house of the Lord until we're willing to get drunk in the Holy Ghost and allow the Spirit of God to get in. Some of you got so much starts in you that if you've been over, you break. God needs to get you loose in the Holy Ghost and with the Spirit of God begins to move that you would move with it. I'm going to tell you something. The only reason this nation has survived is because of the roots of Pentecostals. Men and women, I was raised Pentecostal. We speak in tongues. Last time I looked, that's in the Bible. We dance. Last time I looked, that's in the Bible. We operate in the gifts and do tongues and interpretation. Last time I looked, that's in the Bible. And by the way, the Holy Ghost built it. We want God to be in our midst, but we want to control him. You don't get to control your creator. Hallelujah. Sometimes gone, he's done it a few times in my life, said run. And I think he just does it just to remind me I ain't in control. Don't like it, it's embarrassing. You know, when you're in the hot middle of it, you know, you can do it, but then by the time you get home, you think, boy, I hope nobody was watching that. But you know what? If you want God to move like he wants to move, You've got to release yourself. Say, well, that's not my personality. Well, let's see if you still holler when your favorite team wins the Super Bowl. Or your favorite college team that's not supposed to win wins the NCAA Final Four. Or somebody drives up and gives you a brand new dream car and says, the Lord told me to give this to you. Here's the title. You're going to shout. You're not going to sit there and go, well, thank you. That's so nice. I really appreciate that. I tell you right now, somebody drove up and put a car that I wanted in my driveway and said, Pastor, here's the deed or the title. You're going to see me run all over my property shouting, ain't God good, ain't God good. Hallelujah. What God's doing is he's saying, I need you to release the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the power of God. 
So what does the Lord do? He goes back and he recreates. Because it has been dark for 10 days. The Bible said they've been holed up in a room. Hiding out from the Jews, the, the, the Pharisees, and Annas and Caiaphas. When all of a sudden, here comes resurrection. And the Bible said, suddenly, there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. What happened in Genesis? God leans over Adam, and the Bible said he blew. Suddenly there came a sound, and God goes into his lungs, into his nostrils. Adam's eyes come open, and he opens his mouth and begins to speak the language of God. In the upper room, suddenly there comes a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and they opened their mouth, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. What was that? That was resurrection, bringing back eternal life in the atmosphere. Can I tell you everything that God did back then, he's going to do it again. It cannot be left uncomplete and unfinished. God doesn't leave anything on the table. He says, eat all of the lamb, get drunk in the spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, there is hardly any details about Adam's death. Just says, and Adam lived 930 years and he died. It doesn't say how he died, why he died, where he was buried. He's the first Adam. The reason being is because death killed him. But the last Adam, my God, there's books full about his death because they have to tell the story of the death in order to tell the story of resurrection. What the church is entering into here in these next few years is we're coming into resurrection. Hallelujah. Calvary is over. And we are not in a tomb anymore. There is a stone being rolled away. And what's coming out is not what went in. I was, we were carried in by our enemies. But his enemies didn't bring him out. When resurrection came on Jesus, hallelujah. See, he was the lamb slain. Over 4,000 years from the foundation of the world. That means when God actually, it could have been millions of years. We don't know how old the earth is, but don't think the earth is 6,000 years old. If you go back to Genesis, God's very plain. When he looks at Adam, he says, replenish the earth. And it doesn't say, and in the beginning, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says, and the earth is without form and void, and darkness is upon the face of the deep. 
God didn't make it that way. When the enemy got kicked out of heaven, he trashed the earth in a fit and in a tantrum. So we don't know how old the earth is. So if Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world, then the foundations of the earth were already in place in Adam's time. That means it's very possible that it was billions of years ago before Jesus, when Jesus was slain in the council of God Almighty. So for all of that time, that when the enemy came in and the earth was trashed, there was already blood in the atmosphere atmosphere in the spirit realm it just hadn't been released in the natural realm but when you got to Calvary what had already been shed in the atmosphere of the God is now shed in the atmosphere of man and a few days later from day three all of a sudden death no longer reigns it's not just defeated but oh it is humiliated because nobody has ever come out of a grave the different than when they went in it was already for it was already all right for Lazarus to come out or the widow of Nain's baby to come out but not Jesus because he came out different resurrection makes you different and God is blowing on this house and we are different we were saved for this hour I was raised up for this moment you were saved for this moment may God loose out of your spirit a resurrection anointing that the divine purpose of God is released in the Holy Ghost And so, it doesn't matter if we die. Every disciple that received resurrection life in the upper room died. So God wasn't saying to them, you're not going to die in the natural. He's saying, you're not going to die. You're just going to move to another house that eternally we will ever be with the Lord. And so God has kept us for this time. You could have been born in any other century, any other generation. But for some reason, God picked us. So that means that God doesn't make bad choices. So that means we are going to win. So brother, I have some issues. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You got to start thinking in terms of that the spirit of God is in you. Took my blood pressure this morning. It was been fighting the same for months. And it happened from coronavirus. It was 161 over 89. Could be worse. Could be better. But I don't let it bother me because the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So I tell the devil, you may be here, but you can't hurt me. So I told the Holy Ghost, I said, you said, my body is your temple. And you said, whoever defiles the temple of the Holy Ghost, you will destroy. So I told the Lord, I told the Holy Spirit, I said, you need to deal with this spirit of high blood pressure because he's messing up your house. 
You need to kick him out. And a lot of you that are dealing with issues, you've got to start thinking in terms of not God healed me. He already healed you. When you got saved, and fill the Holy Ghost and gave your life to Jesus Christ. You were receiving divine healing in your body. Say, but then why am I feeling that? Because demon spirits test you. They test your authority. Just because they're there doesn't mean they can harm you. Now, no weapon formed against you shall harm you. Hallelujah. And every word that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. And when the enemy says, I got you, you say, no, you're a liar. I stand on the word of the Lord. I got resurrection anointing in my life by the power of God. When Jesus comes back in the clouds of glory, who's he coming for? A resurrected body. Yes. Prepare yourselves because there is such a release of resurrection. Hallelujah. We are not looking at a promise far off. It's here. We are not going to die in faith, not receiving the promise. This is the generation that every other generation in heaven is going to want to talk to. When we step over, into glory. And they're going to say, we want to know what it was like to see the fullness of the word fulfilled. What did God do? What was it like in that hour? We're going to tell, oh, I can't even hardly describe what we saw in the hours before the Lord came back. We saw the world turned upside down by the glory of God. We saw, hallelujah, politics defeated. We saw Hollywood humiliated. We saw the, the lines Media begin to be exposed. We saw all kinds of fake. Let me. I was I was in Seattle. Don't, these two just I terrify them when I preach. <laughs> Relax. <clears throat> Y'all know how I am. <laughs> so there there is right downtown Seattle. There's a church, and I forget the name of it, but uh, it's something church, and they have these big uh, rainbow banners that says, we welcome the LBT, LBGTQ, we welcome Muslims, we welcome the gay community, we welcome atheists, all of it. It was something church in Christ. And I wanted to go over and tell them, number one, don't call yourself a church. And don't say you're the body of Christ, because you're not. You can't be a church and be all-inclusive. That's what hell is. Hell's all-inclusive. If you are a church, the Bible says that Jesus Christ purchased the church with his own blood. So don't under, you got to understand that God is not all inclusive. He is inclusive to those who live by the word of the Lord. Nobody in this building is going to go and let a, somebody operate on you that says, 
I think I'm a doctor, but I'm really a mechanic. If we are a church, the foundation of us is the entire book. Just recently, Andy Standy just made a statement out of Atlanta, pastors of a very large church, and said, we are here to declare that we welcome the gay community and that we consider them brothers in Christ. And we must understand that <clears throat> if two men living together the only way that they can get as close to the biblical definition of marriage is living together, then we have to embrace them in the body of Christ. <clears throat> I told my wife this recently. I said, every major church <clears throat> that runs in the thousands is either going to have to embrace the LBGTQ and abortion, or else they're going to have to take a stand for righteousness and watch 60% of their congregation walk out. <clears throat> it's going to cost us. Hallelujah. I mean, in reality, we're not a big church. I don't know. We might have 700, 800 people here today. That's really, in, in comparison to lots of churches, we're not a big church in the building. Now, online, we're probably one of the biggest churches in the United States. But, we embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And as much as my heart breaks for these men and women that have become so misled, I am here to declare to you that Jesus Christ is the answer for the lesbians, the gays, the transsexuals, the queers, the transgender, all of them, hallelujah, there is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, hallelujah, Regeneration Nashville, if you don't like it, then find a church that embraces it. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, whenever you take that kind of stand, you lose resurrection anointing in the atmosphere. You lose the power and the glory of God. Blind eyes are going to be opened. The deaf are going to be raised. The lame are going to run in the spirit of the Lord. Your children are going to come back home to the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand with me. I want my wife to come because today we're going to finish in communion. Resurrection made this blood work. And I thank God for Jesus dying on Calvary. But I thank God even more for the waving of the sheaf. Hallelujah. Today, as kings and priests, when we do this, you want to give communion? No? All right. Come stand beside me. Would you all like to come down here with your families? Would that be better? The mad rush says no. 
you can stay there, you can come down here, it doesn't matter. But um, this bread is making a declaration in the spirit. Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. Every time Jesus allowed some kind of infirmity or something negative to be put on him, it was so it would not be put on us. He took upon us his infir our infirmities. By his stripes we are healed. So this bread today is a reminder to you and I that we don't have to be depressed, discouraged, or sick. You know, they have miracle drugs, they call them, miracle pills. There's, there's pills out there that are $2,500 for one pill. And the doctors will tell you, take this pill and you'll be all right. Today, I'm offering you a pill that is free. That if you will take this with faith, cancer will leave your body. My dear friend in Hamilton, Ohio, today, I declare, hallelujah, that there is no cancer in his body. As the father of this house, I declare over each and every one of you that every single one of you, I thought about this, the Bible says of Jesus, that he was moved with compassion and he healed every one of them. And I thought, how long did he have to sit there and pray for people? But he couldn't stop because he had to heal every one of them. Today, the compassion of the Lord is released in this building. And Jesus, at one time, wants to heal every single person in this building. So on your pastor and upon you today, I declare that we are healed in Jesus' name. Now let's take this miracle drug. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you study the scriptures, there's a lot of strong scriptures that really make us believe that in eternity, our glorified bodies will not have blood. Bible says flesh and blood cannot enter and inherit the kingdom of God. And that in eternity, the Bible says that we will have eternal life. So I, I, I don't know. But I have to believe that when Jesus came out of that tomb, he didn't have blood in him anymore because it was on the mercy seat. And that he had eternal life and he, has a, he had an eternal body. He was resurrection. So that night when he said, I won't drink of this again till I drink of it new in the kingdom of God. He poured out his blood to those disciples in that cup. He said, this is my blood. Drink it. And as they partook of that blood 
they were making covenant. Not realizing that what they were drinking was a down payment of resurrection that was coming three days later. Hallelujah. And oh, it wasn't too long, 50 days later on the day of Pentecost, resurrection hit them and they were forever changed. So when you drink this today, today we're drinking resurrection, eternal life in this building and that God is going to come out of this covenant moment between us and him and I believe even this week we're going to see God do some incredible things so let's take the wine and let's drink it understanding what we're drinking resurrection hallelujah now I want you to raise your hands and I want you to begin to praise the Lord now Lord anoint the understanding of your body today let them not walk out of this place in heaviness. God, let them not walk out thinking like they did when they came in. But my God, I pray in the name of the Lord, hallelujah, that Lord, you have begin to release, God, a enlightenment. God with wisdom, hallelujah, and understanding begin to descend upon your body today. Lord, that even this coming week, wake us up with new insights, new revelation, new understanding, hallelujah, of the power. God, resurrection made the blood powerful. Lord, we thank you, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, today that you came out of the grave that you, because you live, we live in Jesus' name. I want our prayer partners to come, if you will, very quickly. And as they're doing that, if you will, every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around for a moment. Uh, I just have to believe that in a service this size, there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And if you need to know Jesus today, you don't know him today, you're not sure, just slip up your hand right where you are, and I want to pray for you right where you are. Just slip your hand up and slip it back down and say, I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. Just slip your hand up and slip it right back down right where you are. Yes, I see. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just slip your hand up, slip it back down. I want us all to pray as a church family. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to one of the prayer partners as the praise team sings. But right now, I want everybody under the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. Pray it aloud, everybody. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. And I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on a cross and he rose again that I could have eternal life. So Lord, would you come into my heart? Would you cleanse me of all of my sin with your precious blood? I surrender my life to you 
in Jesus' name. I want the praise team to, to sing, and uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come for prayer. If you need healing in your body, healing in your family, healing in your mind, I want you to come right now and let our prayer partners pray with you.
Tuesday, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to own the building, <clears throat> and uh, that's a miracle, ain't it? Um, looks like we're going to close on time, and we're doing this at least a month ahead of time. And originally, we were told we wouldn't even be able to start till somewhere in July with all of the things, and God has just expedited because he wants us in that building quick. So listen, we're going to have a marvelous time, and I'm looking forward to being able to go over and view it as a church together. And so we're getting ready to gear up. We're probably going to start doing something by the end of the week. I mean, we're that close to, I think we already have a demolition permit. So um, it's, God just has done miracles. And... Uh, so keep sending the million-dollar checks. We need all the million. We need million-dollar checks. Trust me, we need million-dollar checks. But I want to say thank you to all of you around the world that have sown. I can just, I can feel it that whatever you write, I know that it's a sacrifice. And we want to say thank you for taking the time. I've called people, and they'll tell us I didn't have it. But I felt like I was supposed to, and uh, we just want God to, to return unto you, not just in finances, but the desires of your heart. And so I'm believing, I've prophesied this over the years, that when we walk into the building, we're believing it's going to be paid off. Amen. So... Uh, <clears throat> I don't know, do we, I don't, do we have anything else? No, I personally don't fast, but uh, no, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, 
<laughs> I believe in fasting. It is, and the more you do it, the easier it's going to become. But there are some things that only happen through fasting. And I, I'm going to tell you something. For me personally, when I'm fasting and I'm praying, I don't feel spiritual. I have people say, I tell, well, you know, I was fasting and I saw visions. and I never see any of that. But I do know this, that I find out on the end of it that what I was praying, God did. So don't let your feelings determine what you think God's doing in the middle of that fast. And God is bringing us back to biblical principles. And fasting is part of that. He who is my disciple, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. So I love you. Uh, I know my wife tells you that, but I really mean it. <clears throat> so anyway, happy Easter. Happy resurrection. We'll see you on podcast Wednesday. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to KentChristmas.org or RegenerationNashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.